going on down there? Hey, welcome to WTF at TFW, uh, where I, Chris Vangelis Internet, the host, uh, am going to reveal to my, my compadres Aaron and TJ my, uh, my humble uh, and, and wonderful news. Today, uh, I have updated my tetanus vaccination, sort of as a surprise. Uh, and before anyone okay. asks anything, it was not on the back of a horrific injury either, which was really cool. It was just a surprise. I went to, I went to my doctor's, and then on my way out, someone was like, "Oh, hey, you want to get a tetanus shot?" And I was like, "Huh?" And they were like, "We thought you were gonna get a tetanus shot." And I was like, "Oh yeah, I haven't had one since a hundred million years ago." And they were like, "You should get one every ten years. Want one now? Because we thought you were gonna get one." Uh, and I was like, "Yeah, let's do it." So I got a case fresh tetanus shot as a birthday surprise. It's not even my birthday either. So, go me. Um. Anyway, that's you my describe big it as like you got it. You got it as a surprise. I'm imagining a doctor's office with a trank dart and a blowgun ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> That's tetanus. <laughs> That's yellow fever. It's like, hold on, hold on, get back here. No, nah, no, nah, this one's got to go in the cheek. Come here. Yeah, it's just like a, a, a gun with a single large barrel. It goes like, shunk. <laughs> I'm just, I walk out of the office with a giant hypodermic needle sticking out the back of my neck. Uh, but uh, yeah, I got a, you know, I'm tetanus, so bring it. Um, I'm getting even, I was telling the, the nurse, cause I always tell nurses how afraid I am of needles. So in this case, to take my mind off the needle, I was like, you know, I'm getting better at needles, uh, after the last couple of years, although I had a blood draw and it still kind of freaked me out. Also, I may be talking to you to distract myself from the needle. And she's like, good. Cause it's done. And I was like, you're, you're a very good needle user. Thank you very much. I didn't say those specific words. Uh, anyway, I'm, I'm a little, yeah, it's the math. Oh, what? <laughs> I I, uh, I I had a I had a nice a nice health day today. Although you know I'm, I'm I have to tweak my diet a bit. Um, I've been uh, I, I got betrayed by a grocery store that had all this Finnish cod, and I like cooking cod. And I bought one. I was like, all right, I'm going to buy a cod every day. Never seen it again. So I was betrayed. Uh, Aaron, um, I'm not I'm not the only one who was eating s- some fish. You you got someone in your household who's getting in on that uh, that um, blood sugar friendly fish. Yeah, diet. Rome. <laughs> Yeah, Ro- Romo uh, has is, is potentially today. He had a vet appointment, and he's been he's been acting a little off, and he's getting older. So they did a senior blood uh, senior dog blood test, and then we're also like going to take a look because some of the things we said could be just that we lightened up on his feet a little bit too much, and some of it could be doggy diabetes. So um, we're yet to find that out, but they're like, yeah, regardless, he should put some weight back on. So just like give him a little bit more kibble or if you got any protein. And then Alfie said, yeah, we've got these like freeze dried minnows that he goes bonkers for. And she's like, that's perfect. So he gets like four or five of these little stinky freeze dried like bait fish in his bowl. And he just eats it up and just the happy little like that, just that tiny little like a butt wiggle back and forth he's not full-on wagging his tail like a like a big dumb goofy golden retriever or anything but it's just like like he's just putting the weight back and forth between his back legs as he's sitting there eating just enough this is a good yeah this is a good thing in my mouth i like this more of these yeah uh yeah that's why i only bought one cod because you know what cod stinks uh and i only i want to buy it and cook it the same day Regrets. I should have. I, I should have gotten some zip zip bags or something. TJ, have you got any fish related news on your end, or just anything in general going on? 
Um, I don't think anything fish related that I'm aware of. All I, right, all right. But but potentially, you know, like I've got my I've got I've got I've got my own doggy issues because she need she needs to lose weight, and uh, she, you know she she has been going out uh, outdoors more frequently as well. Hmm. So she's got to have me. But also, a bit... I feel. Or good, good. I feel like that's more to do with the fact that she has so many new dogs in the area. She's trying to get a feel of. That she just wants to go outside and find everyone. She wants to find someone to share a nice bowl of fish with. Uh, so it's a pursuit that's common to not just dogs, but every and everyone wants to find someone to share a bowl of freeze dried minnows with. Am I am I right? Am I right? Am I right? Uh. <laughs> Kind of, I'm trying to imagine the lady in the tramp scene, but with freeze dried minnows, and how like straight up violent <laughs> that would be in comparison. Just <laughs> five rapid short headbutts, and we're all done. Uh, anyway, we're we're uh, doing uh, episode six thirty here, which is going to be a listener question. Uh, uh, I was trying to think of a, of a, a jambalaya. There it is, listener question jambalaya. We're putting it all in the in the stew. And uh, we're going to kick off with a question from Rennie Dragon, uh, who is calling out to Lord Vangelis, Your Royal Highness TJ, and the revered Archon Aaron, uh, and then clarifies that the titles are all arbitrary. But you know what? I still appreciate them. Um, Speedio Velocitron's having a race. The prize is whatever MacGuffin you want to imagine. The Autobots want it, don't want the Decepticons to have it, and vice versa. Aside from the obvious ones like Cybertron Override and Hotshot, or G1 IDW Hot Rod and Blur... Who is participating and why? From any continuity, have fun with it. Also, who would actually win? Uh, and then we're going to have some examples taken away from us. Run Amok and Runabout are only there to cause mayhem. Sideswipe is going to run interference and be a bit of a bully. Doesn't care about winning, just wants to pester the bad guys. Unlike the bad guys who don't care who they mess with. And Road Rage shows up because she thinks it'll be fun. Once she transforms, uh, who boy, quote, it, she uh, about to get violently competitive. Sideswipe is not able to convince Sunstreaker to join. It'll damage the paint job. Feel free to change up the narrative if you like. Of course, hopefully this is fun click so we're basically getting to make our own uh velocitron wave three let's say uh let's let that that capsule continue to live because uh, i think it's dead now which is sort of sad um but the the sky is the limit galaxy shuttle is in that capsule and i'm considering you know whatever galaxy shuttle's role was in that story to to be open season here so um tj let's start with you who would you put into the velocitron race i'm, I'm trying to think because We've got, uh, like, literally anyone from Cybertron Speedia is eligible here. Mm. Um, there's part of me that would love to put in uh, Crumple Zone just because I really miss that design. Like, I'd like to just see Crumple Zone again. Not only because I like the design, but also just that is a good shenanigans character to have in a race. And, yeah, we're due for some new Crumple Zone. Crumple Zone belonged in either IDW, and I don't think really appeared much, if at all, in either one. Uh, I miss that design, too. No. No, no, he's, he's he, one of the fillers, uh, kind of. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, tr I'm trying to think of what other, like, speedsters we have in Transformers. Because, like, my first thought when you say, like, who would actually win the race, I'm like, who the, who's one of our characters that stops time? Vector Prime. In fact, just like stop time and just walk to the end. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna. I, I, you know, being an engineer and always seeing ways to break things. Is this a road race or just 
a speed race. That is, I think oh, it's just okay, a it speed is, race. It, it is because if it's it a is, speed race, it, it, nothing with wheels is going to win. Nothing with wings is going to win. You know, orbital speed. Orbital speed of the ISS is like eighteen thousand miles an hour. Oh, and that's not oh, terribly you know fast in space. I, I got a I got a caveat. I've been thinking game design recently, and I got a totally sick caveat. See, it, it's it's any kind of speed. However, at each checkpoint, some kind of wheel must touch the ground of the checkpoint. Ah. How far apart are the checkpoints? Are they a quarter mile apart? Because that's a different design consideration than if they're 18,000 miles apart and your spaceship just has to come down and go boop once I'd, an hour. I'd say they'd be and pretty close because I, I think be that whoever, forever gone. whoever is designing this. What is, is pretty close? Whatever, I would you, can't, you, can't keep, you can't keep wussing out no, I'm, with I'm these get, completely getting, open terms. I'm getting through game define design the box. layers. Game design that layers. we're having this discussion in. So the 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 game design layer, right? Is this is where we say here's what we actually want, and now we got to figure out how to write it in legalese. So we want to leave it open to flying vehicles and stuff without wheels. However, we will absolutely skew it in favor of cars and trucks and things with wheels. Uh, but then shuttles are allowed to participate if they can function like a car in a race. Like that's what I'm thinking. Uh, there's some kind of sneaky rule so that cars have the advantage still, uh, but then they can say, oh, but anyone's welcome to participate in the race. Uh, so I don't know this the scientific end of, like, how close those checkpoints would need to be to make life absolutely hell for a space station. Um... Because, <laughs> like, maybe every, every 30 meters <laughs> you have to touch down. Uh... But yeah, I don't know the math on that one. Um, so we got Crumple Zone in, though, for sure. Aaron, I don't know if I've messed with your <laughs> your uh, uh, rules. No, relations, because I'll just but... I'll just say something like someone like Blackout. He's a helicopter. The fifty threes will do about two hundred miles per hour mm-hmm. over ground. All right, all and right. they just fly at ground level and just go boop. Yeah, because I, I, mean, I figured that also opens up for some fun shenanigans of, like, you know, this helicopter does need to come down and bump the ground every now and then, so what if someone tries to, I don't know, mess with the part where the helicopter touches the ground briefly? They're like, oh, we set up a trap, a trap so it'll, like, shove a chunk of ground up to slam into the wheel and, like, put a bunch of unexpected up force. Uh, yeah, I, I'm trying to very rapidly flip through other, like things f1 car speeds is like 218 is the current fastest um 231 at a sprint so maybe like mirage like the real mirage not this fake mirage that's coming that should really be jazz (laughs) i've said it so if she hears it i said it um i have literally no skin in that race uh we're talking about rise of the beast mirage who was revealed at the super bowl and there's a lot of discussion Personally, I super don't care, but a lot of people do, and I just want to put it out there that you're all free to argue. Just don't pull me into it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so again, it's really going to depend because if you want something straight over ground, you got like a. Say, do we have anything like a rocket car or a funny car that's that's good Crum- for Crumple Zone is for, kind for straight of, shots. Crumple Zone looks like he has a, just a rocket booster on his back when the cyber key isn't in there. Like that's he's just like a turbine tricycle. Uh, that could be it. Yeah. Yeah, he, he he looks like one of those, like, land speed record cars that just has a ton of rockets 
strapped it's to him. G- it's meant yeah. to go forward and maybe someday stop Sa- safely. What? No, <laughs> just has to go fast once. Uh, That's what ransack is for. Just knock him in the right direction. Yeah, <laughs> bump him into the safety side things. <laughs> The, the F-Zero things that force him to slow down while taking massive damage. Uh, I have a I have a, a approach on this. I'm just trying to think of the perfect character. So I'll, I'll here's my approach. Maybe you guys can think of the right character for this because there's a few. Let uh, Ironhide G1 Ironhide as the as the fill-in example here. Someone who is not fast, who will just go forward, uh, and will eventually be the winner because. They're just a tough thing that went forward at a steady speed and ignored everyone all trying to pull fun, funny tricks on each other and, and be an ISS that, that drops a wheel so on So like the floor a tortoise and a hare thing? Yeah, yeah, tortoise and the hare, but also they're built to withstand an explosion. Uh, so, you know, when someone tries... So tortoise and the hare, like turtle, turtles have a shell that would help any sort of violence like that that a rabbit, you know... Yeah, yeah, I, I, I wanted to specify a little tougher than turtle because of the aforementioned explosions... I am yes, well, I am between judging the t- between the, between the am, two of them. <laughs> I am judging turtles' abilities to withstand explosions. Yes, I will put out there too. If any turtles want to come at me for that, I, I deserve it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, turtle in the hair. I'm I'm thinking, who's the turtle? Who's the who's the ultimate Transformers turtle? Aside from the one, the flip former from Beast Wars, he doesn't count. Uh, like, I don't even think necessarily a tank, because I think a tank attracts too much aggro, and people are actually going to actively try to, you know, shred the treads and whatnot and sabotage the tank. Uh, who was the Energon guy that split in half? Was it Toline? He was uh, the original Bakon Iron. Ironhide. Define split in half, because that was literally the whole... Yeah, he's, he's the, the one who, the, he's the, the one gimmick who sp- for the Autobots. He's the one who split in half all by himself. Like, his, uh, he could turn into a torso that would sit on an Ironhide sled. Was it Toline in Energon? Was that the one? Toline. Uh, to- the van? The van? To- yeah. Yeah, Toline. Yeah. Yeah, because that was the 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 Botcon repaint. Yeah, it's Toline. That's mine, because... He's slow and steady, and then when people start stuff, he, he's got a sled to ride on, which maybe speeds up a little bit, and then when people cut him in half, like, we got him, he just merges with his sled, and he's like, fool, I've achieved my ultimate form. And then just on those little treads, just, like, scutters across the finish line while everyone else is, like, crashing and burning. That's that's who I think I would go with. Um, he's got that Ironhide implied toughness. So, that that's mine, I think. Um, Aaron, do you want to do you want to go with with just you know? I mean, blackout, blackout's your boy. Blackout's got I, your alt mode. L- like I, w- I was trying to go through like what are the various terms of things? You know, if it's a a weaving road course, that's going to have a different answer than if it's a straight on course. Versus if we're talking about orbital speeds. What if and we you just gave believe in the blackout? least idea of an ans- of 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 a definition of what we're doing? Well, I laid out. I laid I out. I blame you. I laid out the, scum, the scummy blame rules. GM version of you. It. It's whatever is good for cars <laughs> I blame and bad you. for flyers. And someone else figure out the math. <laughs> I think you should just believe in blackout because I think everyone's going to go. Like, oh, blackout! Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna give him upforce knocks. We're gonna knock him around. We're gonna make him bob and weave with his with his propellers. Mm-hmm. And then blackout at one point will just go like, you know, I could just turn into a biped and shoot you all. And then uh, yeah. <laughs> Because of all the helicopters, Blackout's the one that I think eventually would just go like, you know what, fine. And then just like, 
Not even Ginsu, not even Shoot, just transform land EMP everyone's tricks. So half the racers probably have all kinds of weird gear hooked up to themselves. All that <laughs> stuff just turns off and they start spiraling. <laughs> Blackout's like, I'm not going to win, but n- most of you also won't. Because screw you all, I wanted to have an honest race as a helicopter. <laughs> uh... So yeah, in, in my mind, that, I think that's how it plays out, is we got Blackout eventually is pushed. Blackout's trying to have an honest race, gets pushed. Crumple Zone probably tries to do some really uh, obscene shenanigans that sends Blackout over the edge. Blackout causes starts causing calamity, and then Toline just ca- calmly uh, tortoises across the finish line at the end. That's what I'm thinking. Uh... I like the idea also of Blackout going into the Blackout, the character, you know, the fairly straightforward supervillain kind of Decepticon going into this going like, you know what, though? I actually want I want to honestly and properly win this race as an athlete. And then it's all the cars that go like helicopter. And then they all start coming up with all these elaborate tricks to screw over the helicopter who already has the deck stacked against him for being a helicopter in a land race. Uh, It's good storytelling. Um, so I hope that answers your question, Renny Dragon. Uh, we got, uh, another, a question here from Carito, which I believe is a little bit less roleplay-ish. Uh, this is, uh, one to, uh, the Lords of the Pod, of the Podcaverse. Um, recently bought Super Mini Plot Cho Ryujin was furious when I finished building him and figured out how he worked. For those who don't know, uh, Hyoryu and Enryu, the two parts who combine into Cho Ryujin, the Super Mini Plot uses so much parts forming that you have 95% of a Cho Ryujin that could almost stand next to the two little guys who form him. Uh, the thing that prevents you from accomplishing this is that Cho Ryujin doesn't have a knee joint. Uh, where are you going to get the knee joint? You chop the two little guys in half to shove their severed chests inside of hollow combined mode legs and use the waist joint as the combined mode knee joint. It's so ridiculous, I'm actively refusing to participate it and have used a stand to have Cho Ryujin floating on top of his legs. Uh, always, uh, all of this was just so I could ask, what's the toy that made you the angriest of all the toys you ever bought? Not because they were broken or missing paint apps, but because you could not believe how the toy actually worked. Anyway, uh, thanks for all you do, and please take care of Aaron. Uh, I think I know why that's in there, but I also like the idea that that's just a timeless and evergreen request to take care of Aaron, which we will, uh, me and TJ will do our best to... <laughs> to look after our friend uh but i believe this was in o- hold on let me let me yeah that was uh about two weeks after my my uh road incident that i just today got a letter from another ambulance chaser of like injured hurt call us for help well thank goodness i've been lying on the road since october mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. i was just waiting these four months for someone to say that, something that- it's that delayed whiplash coming in when there's the chance at a six-figure settlement. Yeah. Uh, well, Aaron, uh, why don't you kick us off? Like, what's uh, can you remember something where you've gotten the toy and you're just like, why the? F-? Um, it's just it's just frustrating the way that it ended up being decided uh, how it would work. I know that I've been disappointed with some toys before. But I'm trying to pull out of my brain what they are. I think you like, and I are the types who tend to, like, if something's that disappointing, we just smother it with things that we preferred. Like, it gets it gets yeah, shuffled back like, a little bit. <laughs> like, Energon Prime, not the bendy one, but the fat one. Hmm. That he was so rotund when not combined. 
was kind of like a eh. Yeah. Well, that was that Maybe, was a, like especially since like oh god that that was a build up also where I think a lot of us because we first we we got introduced to that toy at Bacon with fuzzy footage. And so a lot of us came out of that mm. panel thinking we saw another faceplate close over the front of the helmet. And so there were a couple months where I think we we were just spreading the word. We were like, no, no, there's another faceplate that closes yeah. over the front, so the head will be proportional. Completely fine. It's going to be great. And then yeah. when it didn't, we were like, wait, what? what? <laughs> and then he had the weird, like, cut out, ah, mouth. Yeah. And especially, like, because what the Prime before that was was Armada with Bendy Prime. And if you didn't, like, or the the big combining Prime and Bendy Prime. So it was like you had the best of whichever world you wanted. If you wanted the superposable, it was such a poseable robot that he got the name Bendy when, like, his (laughs) articulation is about stock now. But Bendy Prime, or you got the cool Optimus that you could put different pants and shoulder cannons on. And then, like, the next one... That very iteration is like a eh, mouth and like tiny limbs because they had to go in the pockets for the <laughs> the the four limb things that only got a little bit better with the stealth bomber thing that I'm pulling a blank on his name right now. Uh, um, I don't remember. Red and blue. And white and split in half, and what, I'm a wing saber? fake fan. Wing saber. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, like only did it kind of get a little bit better down the road, but that was just because you never saw him in his base mode, and you could just forget that it exists. Beyond that, with Transformers, I'm not sure that there's anything that, like, I've been angry angry about that's not like due to damage or or pain yeah. or stickers or anything so i will say i hear carito on the on the super mini plot thing um of like oh I, yeah i, I, I just that. i i watched I, I i i saw this question and was like oh it couldn't be that bad and i found the youtube video and it was worse yeah, like when when something mm-hmm. goes so 95% where you're like you know i understand the art at work but perhaps you could have just mm-hmm. provided a full scale replacement piece and made this an art gimmick when when it is this <laughs> silly mm-hmm. uh, i generally when something yes yeah, especially like well when something i was going to say building the mini plus stuff uh, we we're doing it now yeah i know when i was building all the mini plus stuff when i was getting like the second half of cases from you like there'd be stuff in there that was like oh here's this wedge piece that you have to put in the middle of a combination because there's no way these tiny pegs can hold it all, and so we use these other three pegs to build the secondary platform that holds it together. And like I was like, yeah, that's yeah, okay. That's the mechanics of it. But that that uh, Churyujin just being like, oh, hey, here's a completely different set of parts that you use to combine it. Yeah, yeah. When when there is ninety five percent, you're rounding up, obviously sometimes. But when there's like you know a lot of a figure to the point where I'm having to shred two other things, you know, or one other thing even, just to, like, fill in some gaps with pieces of it to say they combined. I'm like, I'm like, do that, but also just give me gap fillers at that point, because I feel like you've given me 1.9 toys, and it's so close to two that it's making me annoyed. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. 
And Su- Super Mini Plot has done that a few times. Where that's why I don't own a lot of it. Uh, where it's and it's not it's not always that egregious, but it's even little things like the I, I remember that the the Zoo Ranger Megazord did it. I remember Voltron did it in Super Mini Plot. Just like little things where I was like, oh, this is like it's it's so Kabaya without needing to. Whereas Kabaya would do it out of necessity, like that kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. it's, I, that... I mean, in their heads, it is necessary because they're trying to make it anime accurate as possible, which they don't mm-hmm. think they can achieve if they try to keep the, the vehicles or the alt modes, you know, looking stock or looking toy accurate. Yeah, but yeah. also just if, if it's that little um, involved in the process, uh, in, in the end result, it's like, do it the way you're doing it, and also, especially for Super Mini Plot, which is boutique, like just just throw in some filler pieces for the combined mode as well. Like if you if you can mm-hmm. uh, let me just have two little guys and their combined mode, and you've added like let's say one more sprue of filler pieces to let me do it because it's that much extra for the combined mode. Like let's just go with that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was trying to remember the the other thing that's not Transformers that I got. Uh, Alfie had gotten me a um, Mandroid Mega Man. And I remember with him, he had, like, different faces. It had, like, different arms. I think he had, like, dash legs or something. And I was sitting there looking at it at one point in time. It was like, all I'd need is, like, the back half of a helmet and a torso. And this could be two figures. Like, why not just, like, pack that in there underneath everything? And you can have, like, one dashing with a hat face and another one in just, like... (laughs) A A frame pose for like virtually no extra plastic. Yeah, that's a Nendoroid thing. They do that on just about everything. It's also a Games Workshop thing that drives me nuts. They're still sort of toys, but like I got, I got this Necron kits way back when I was buying a couple Necrons for Kill Team, and it's like you can build these as immortals or as death marks. So as as like burly Necrons with big guns and there's two different gun options, or as sniper Necrons with mono eyes and a different backpack. And I was looking at it, and I was like, the only thing preventing this from being ten figures rather than five figures with two build options is five pairs of legs and five front five chests. And I was sat, I was like so what, salty about it's it. What green stuff and Sculpey are for? I I shredded up some junk models to build chests and legs for for the five that I didn't build out of the base parts because I was so salty about it. I was like, no, screw you. I don't... Yeah, I know what a Bits box is. Ha ha. I'm not laughing. I'm building the other five. I'm getting my ten figures out of this. I'm not even asking you for, like, you know, give me all the weapon options, but, like, literally, it was that close, and I was like, come on. <laughs> made me so salty. Uh, uh, TJ, let's, let's pop over to you. What, what would be your answer to this? Like, something where you just... You, you saw how it worked, and you were like, ah! Why? Ah, um, I, I can give you two, one, one in the Bandai spectrum and one closer to Transformers. Um, the first one to come to mind with Bandai, and like, I've had those super mini plot moments. I have that Voltron kit and a, a mm-hmm. little plastic baggie of lion legs that goes with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, the one, the Bandai one that got me was, um, uh, they did, they did, uh, transforming Digimon toys. Uh, like Digivolving Spirits. Oh yeah, and yeah. Some, 
some of them work really, really well. Like the Agumon works well. The uh, the Gabumon and like the Metal Garurumon it turns into is actually really, really well done. Uh, I I liked the angels from the original show. So like, you know, your Padamon, your Gatomon, and Padamon and An- into Angemon is fine. And then I got Gatomon, and I was really interested to see how you turn this like this like puffy or you know white cat with big paws into a into like a an eight winged angel um it hmm you, you ever see that like the 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 magician secrets revealed specials where like they'll do a trick and it's like hmm. oh the girl's just hiding behind the other girl that's exactly yeah. how it works <laughs> When you trans when it's in the angel mode, there's just bits of cat hanging off of her back. It's like just don't and look back. Same, <laughs> completely inverse when she's in the cat mode. Mm-hmm. Like there, like it's just one of those cases where like I I trusted the toy line because the engineering on the ones I got before was so good. So I blind bought the rest of them because they were my favorites, and that's what we ended up with. And because of which, like. Like, the Garoman is, like, a brick. She just does not work in, in any capacity for as an action figure. So, that that's the Bandai one, because Bandai does goofy stuff like that. Oh, yeah. You know. Um, closer to the Transformer realm, and this is, again, I blind bought something. So, I recently took the dive on some of the uh, trans art... Uh, trans metal masterpiece scales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I got I got in the Megatron, and the Megatron is amazing. Uh, but I also decided, like, okay, who's the current one that I can just grab right now and have it ship straight to me? Oh, the Rat Trap, and they actually fix the thing with Rat Trap because his wheels are behind his shoulders and not hanging off his butt. Cool. All right, so I got that one in. And, like, I never want to transform it again. Because <laughs> the way... <clears throat> so here's the thing. <clears throat> they decided to make it do everything it could in the show. So, aside from, like, you'd think, like... The trans metals are actually, like, pretty show accurate for all things cons- concerned and considered. Um, yeah. I would have thought, like, okay, upscaled that one smooth out the details, and then just make the backpack rotate, right? No. No, 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 no. So, for starters, they included a second rat head. So, the one that's on the shoulders, that's a, that's fake. So, like, there's another rat head trapped in his backpack now. Uh, also in his backpack is this amazing accordion of panels for hiding the underbelly of the beast mode. Because I think Rat Trap one time stood up on his hind legs and showed his underbelly, <laughs> <laughs> and it it's it makes the entire toy such a pain in the ass to transform. I spent I went to videos. I look, you know, they don't give you instructions; they give you a QR to the video of how to transform it. It looks like a mess the entirety, the entire way through the transformation. The whole process is unpleasant. And I don't think I ever got the whole thing to form up solidly in the beast mode. I think I just like got everything tucked into there and it was what 
screw it. He's just going to lay on it anyway. Done. You almost wish he could just pop the belly plate off, I'm guessing. like. Yes! Absolutely. But it's not even like one belly plate. There's like four other components to the underbelly that fold out from different spots. The under nah. the underbelly that accordions around that just like that that just all locks it together. Yeah, I was gonna say there is a realm on this question which is just the um, the suffering for show accuracy third party realm. Because uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you could you know you could throw a couple of fans toys designs in there. You could uh, you could probably grab a couple of X trans bots like the ones where the the engineering remains impressive but it no longer feels um artistically impressive it feels mathematically impressive uh yeah that's a good way to phrase it yeah it's like being impressed by like a math equation where it's like there are there's an audience that will find this impressive in the context of the incredible math happening here but as a piece of art and as as an interactive piece of art it's definitely given up some of that for the sake of its mathematics yeah uh yeah, yeah, the the capper on it is despite the big heel spurs that Rat Trap naturally has, he still needs a stand to hold up his backpack just for the his... weight of all the extra parts. Because <laughs> now his backpack has a head and a belly in it. Uh All right. Well, that yeah, that yeah, I kind of touched on on half of my answer which was your um, you know, your ball joints on sticks kind of transformations. Uh, the ones where I, I just kind of sit there and I go like, you know, I think even the ones who say they care about the line art would not have noticed if the arms were just a little bit more square and had a little hunk of bumper on the inside instead of trying to transfer that bumper into the middle of the shin or whatever <laughs> ended up happening. Um, in, in Hasbro World, I, I thought of one immediately, actually. Uh, it's, there are three different toys, in fact, based on this. Last Night Berserker, Studio Series Crowbar, Studio Series Crankcase, the... Dreads Van Studio Series mold is how I is how I call it. Even though Berserker technically came first, uh, Berserker's like, like, all right, Berserker's like survivable, right? I don't I don't hate Berserker. Um, it is the Studio Series version that drives me nuts because that's the one where they try to stuff an entire pliable PVC set of dread dreadlock Robo hair into the truck mode by just lacing it through every available gap and having it kind of just trail and drag on the floor and behind it afterwards and then hiding it as much as possible in all photography. Uh, That one to this day still drives me nuts because I'm just like, I'm just like, I don't know how else to put it other than I wish you just wrote a note inside the box that said we couldn't figure out the hair. I would have been happier with that and the hair just detaching than this horrible experience of trying to make the hair fit inside the truck mode and it just doesn't it's not pliable enough to and it and it it flexes back harder than the panel's um closings can hold so the hair just tears the vehicle mode apart from the inside out uh anyway that's 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 the one that immediately jumped to mind it's been a couple years now but like i uh, i still don't like that thing (laughs) it still makes me grumpy um so that, that that is definitely mine. I know I've had a couple others before, but I, as far as like the actual science of what makes me go because of how it works, usually it's just like when I feel that the the what is happening and the end result uh, do not have equal weight on the scales of justice for my personal toy justice. Uh, I hope that answered your question, Carito. Um, we're gonna move on to one here from the Brick Lord. 
Uh, who says, hello, podcasters. Recently, I have fallen down the VTuber rabbit hole. An interesting trend has been companies making brand VTubers, such as Kellogg's Frosted Flakes having Tony the Tiger stream on Twitch. I got to imagine the chat on that was horrifying. Um, my question for you is, who would Transformers choose for this role, and what type of streamer would they be? Uh, thanks again for taking the time to answer. Click. So I think what this question is not is what Transformer would become a VTuber and then how screwed up and and uh, um, urban myth legend tier, you know, things going bad would that go? I think this is more who would the Transformers brand prop up as a, as a VTuber. Um, as much as I like the idea of figuring out, like, which like which Transformers are gremlin enough to, like, become, like, just, like, the bottom, the bottom feed style VTuber just going all, all kooky nuts. Yeah. Uh, by the way, VTubers are pretty cool. I don't think that they are inherently bottom feeding. But if you're in, if you've ever glanced at VTubers, you know what I'm talking about. Um, and also, how is like if we're saying who who's Hasbro putting forward? It's going to be Bumblebee. I was going to say, how is it not Bumblebee or Optimus Prime? Uh, oh, it's Bumblebee though. Bumblebee's youthful, so they're going to have youthful Bumblebee, and then they'll have yeah, Optimus Bumblebee's Prime. Bumblebee's youthful. In. Yeah. Um, yeah. That or the ter- one of the Terrans from. From our new show, that would oh, I mean, I mean, Twitch, I mean, there's literally one named Twitch. Yeah, yeah. That, oh, I like that. I, but it couldn't be Twitch because of copyright reasons or something. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, no, the, no, the, no. Hey, the channel, the channel, hey, the channel. Hey, it's Autobot Twitch here doing Autobot Twitch stuff and Autobot and Autobot and Autobot. Oh. Yeah, but that's still you. You just call it Twitch on Twitch. No, but you can't like the do that because then because well, yeah, that's conflating it's markings. Big, it's a, You'd it's have it's to a, be like. Autobot Twitch on Twitch, or Twitch on Autobot Twitch, or Autobot Twitch on Autobot Twitch, and oh, like, oh there, uh, there, there, there'd be some corporate co- cooperation there. Yeah. They, they I'm going to posit, out. yeah, I'm going to posit that they'd Amazon have a, they'd have a couple of brand <laughs> lawyers. They'd have a couple of Amazon or Amazon Hasbro brand lawyers just sitting just off screen with with just like the flashcards of no, dear God, no, why. Uh, I, I'm going to posit that Amazon Corporation would be open to doing some kind of cross-branded deal with Hasbro Corporation. That seems like a thing that would happen. In fact, that's the thing that almost happened and then got canceled, which was that Amazon Prime, Optimus Prime. That, oh, maybe I don't know. I don't know what the relation is like now, but uh, they would definitely work together on t- for, to have Twitch on Twitch and then in, in parentheses Autobot. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I think it's it's Bumblebee, and then if they can't get a good rig to have good mouth sync, they would figure out a reason why it's Optimus Prime, because then they can just faceplate it and go like, uh, no, it's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's still bouncing. Um, not to take this immediately off to one side, but like, I am still fascinated by the fact that like a non-zero number of people have been able to just go like, yeah, I, just, I, I do a body-rigged uh, 3D animated character who live follows my motions when I stream online, I'm still a little bit, that's, that's, that's technology getting to the point that still makes me go like, Ooh, wow. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't entirely like modern understand. day, modern day puppeteering. Yeah. I don't entirely get how it works still. I was watching some of it the other week. I forgot who all it was, but, uh, I, I got into a, into a recommendations loop where I was watching something that happened to be hosted by a VTuber and I was sitting there going, like, they are doing physical comedy with the fact that they're puppeteering a CG character model. And that is... You want to see something super crazy? 
Do you see the corridor um, anime? We made an anime, rock, paper, scissors anime thing, where they used, like, AI training in order to, like, train the looks of the two people in a certain anime style, and then did, like, the whole overlay of it. I'm looking at a And going through everything of, like, training... Training the AI on each of the actors, training them on, like, some of the costume stuff, and then, like, feeding it the prompts to get the style that they wanted, and then feeding in their video, and it did, like, a deep fake slash mid-journey AI slash something else, all these layers on top of it, and it, it looks a little bit weird still. But that was like a whole, like, not just, hey, it's a, uh, nothing against the rigs that are set up, but like, hey, you know, they're certain defined things. But this was whole, like, anime motions and getting that, you know, he he makes a, the, the fist towards camera motion and it, like, adds in the, like, the motion blur of that in, in the render of it all. I, uh, I'm- that's... It's getting crazy out there what can be done with enough time and technology. I got a, I got a thumbnail of this thing going on. I, I, I just think it's even amazing just to have like a rig follow you because uh, follow your live motions because I understand that you can get that going just off of like a phone now. Like not a not, yeah. Not, oh yeah, yeah. It's that's been on that's been on your phone for yeah. four or five years. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, like you ask a VTuber and like because of the technology that they put into it. The camera on an iPhone has the best facial recognition and tracking of any camera you could get. Most, like, pro VTubers use an iPhone. I gotta get yeah. into VTubing. Yeah. I've, I've wanted to, to I'm, play with that for a while. Like, just, you've, you've got an iPhone, right, yeah. Evangelist? Yeah, yeah. Like, just, here, here I'm, I'm gonna make sure it's on mute here. Like... <laughs> Uh, just for like messages sake, go to like your text messages, you know, pull me up. I'm, I'm, I'll do this so that you're not accidentally, uh, there you go. I just sent you a message through the powers of the internet, like go to the emojis and then the two dot thing. And then you have like face swap stuff. Oh, I never go down here. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Yeah. I never go down here. I, Uh, oh boy. And so you can like make faces at your at your your camera and just it'll follow you and it can do a squid and it'll do the squid and my eyes go big or they go small and squinty. Purse the lips and it kinda like blows out the cheeks on it. Like it's and that's just on your phone. Like there, that's a giraffe one. Like Yeah. It's weird because the eyes are on the side of the head, so you gotta like the, Do the part, thing. yeah. The part where it connects to to riggable models is is the big part that I just blinked and missed, and then when it was you know fully mm-hmm. propagated, I was yeah, like, the people you can... what? <laughs> yeah, like the the fact that people can draw whatever they want or have it drawn for them and map it to your face and have it follow literally everything your face does, kind of crazy. Yeah, uh, it's 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 very cool stuff that I want to play around with before it gets. I, I am worried it is it is well on the way to getting polluted in some way that that'll put me off of it. Uh, 
it's the, the, some, the thing is, that, like the, the thing is, it's like it's gotten it's gotten so expensive to get into that it is still like it's it's hard to it's hard to like breach into the level that you're talking about. Yeah, so I, I, don't, I don't think it's gonna get too bad, just because wanna... like there is kind of like an exclusivity to it. I want to play around with it because I, I just like the idea of, of having also, this is this is on a performance side of things, I like the idea of even if you already stream or do whatever, that you can have this in-character streaming thing that can be so wholly separated from your, your physical self that it's kind of like a, yeah. a full-on performance <clears throat> thing. There's something about that I think is kind yeah, of neat. For, yeah, I, I, there's part of me that, like, I just think it's neat to just be a cartoon character and perform for people live. Mm-hmm. And, like, from what I've even heard, like, there is so much, like, physicality to it, more than you'd think. Because you are, mm-hmm. you're doing a virtual puppeteer act. Like, you have to, like, mm-hmm. over-exaggerate and move around a lot in order to get it to do what you want. And that's not even including, like, the keypad for all your extra functions, too. Yeah. So, like, you are, yeah. like, yeah, like, so, like, the way they used to puppeteer, like, Johnny Five and, like, the 90s live-action Ninja Turtles, you can do at your computer now yeah yeah that's that stuff is wild like that that stuff i just want to play with uh because I, I like i like performing too obviously so like that there's a the side of it where i'm just like this seems like a such a fun way to do a goofy thing and and have fun with it you make something that's that's of substance like i want to i want to poke at that stuff at some point um and uh yeah i mean obviously with the with the question because of the way the question was worded uh transformers you know would choose a front-facing evergreen character, but before we move all the way on, like, does there anyone, any other character pop into your minds for for Transformers VTuber? So, so the the one the one you're mentioning for Gremlin Energy, uh, Gremlin Energy Swerve immediately popped into mind. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Uh, <laughs> absolutely! Oh, um, Hollow Matter avatars. The other, especially in the comics, those are completely just VTubers. No, no, no. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell, I'll, we we already have one. Her name is Ty. This is Ty's comeback. Mm-hmm. That's Ty's comeback. Yo, okay. I know what we just said, right? That they'd pick someone evergreen, but if Transformers wants to actually pick someone that would connect with the kids, but also make a lot of uh, fans of many generations go, what a cool deep cut. Ty. Ty. Twitch Ty. Uh, official Transformers VTuber. Um, every now and then, just have her go on a little tangent about like what she's been doing for the last 20 years. <laughs> Like this is a full circle thing. Like she was doing all this stuff. She was a she was a backup for for Hatsune Miku, and now she's she's come back to Transformers because also she's hasn't had any work for like five years. Uh, that would be I such see a... rewind being very very much a like day like here's my day type of. Oh yeah, like, oh yeah, like, like like a live like blog. on the streets type of yeah live. Blog. Oh yeah, I- IRL streamer. Yeah, yeah, like with the backpack and oh, everything. Yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, Rewind's got the camera built in, but I feel like Rewind would be the one who would then also get the backpack of extra stuff because somehow the yes the built-in head he'd, camera's not he'd enough. He'd have the backpack <laughs> that has the small car battery in it in order to keep everything charged. The, like, two different, like, cell company hotspots so that it never drops. And he's got the... Would he have a 360 or would he just have, like... Like the better camera, but going back and forth between what he's saying and looking at him. Oh, it'd be both. It would be both. I think every camera would be in there if there's a backpack involved and rewind. Okay, so he's got so he's got the 360 on a pole. I'm trying to figure out like how does he how does he direct? 
what you're seeing. Oh, because he'd yeah, have the, the he'd probably have like his stream, his his own like on the head camera is like one of them. But then yeah. is it like the 360 that goes back and forth? So if you've seen the um the like the the white guy speaks Chinese, the um what's his name, the, the dude that learns a language in like 14 minutes. Oh, man. You know, he has a like a 360 thing that he puts on like a backpack strap. Yeah. So like if he's not trying to include himself and somebody else in it, it does decent pictures because that's what those cameras do. But sometimes he's trying to include himself and then other things. And he's now has a face that's like half of the screen, but <laughs> like smushed weird so that it can show the person in the background going, you speak, you know, Urdu? What? I was and just thinking here in New York. How are you doing that? I was just thinking the the 360 camera would be on an oscillating retractable pole. So occasionally, whenever there's like downtime and there isn't a direct subject, you know, forward and back to be talking about, mm-hmm. it's like, all right, we're gonna put those in the sub windows and we'll have the the pole extend up and just have the 360 running until an encounter occurs, and uh, continue from there. Um, Small one. One last tangent to close this one off. Now that IRL streamers came up. I heard a funny anecdote. I was watching a. I was watching a gaming stream, and TwitchCon came up, and I heard. And this is all third hand, but I heard that apparently with the advent of IRL streaming in North America, apparently the last TwitchCon and p- potentially the upcoming one, it's like this disaster thing of of worlds colliding, where it's like half of TwitchCon are IRL streamers who are IRL streaming the fact that they're at TwitchCon. And so there's these backpacks and rigs flying everywhere. <laughs> and I was like, this is pretty funny because that is like a separate world that is technically part of Twitch. But as far as physicality and hardware and when they're quote unquote on, it is completely different from from a bunch of at home streamers going to a convention. Uh, I, I thought that was kind of funny, that that notion. I, I, I haven't really looked into it much, but I like the idea of the IRL streamers like being this weird like thing that a TwitchCon would have to bend itself around to accommodate. Um, anyway, uh, that was a fun question. Let's, let's, uh, thank you very much to the Brick Lord for that question. Let's go on to one here from Inhuman Elm, who says, Yo, Chris, I'm somewhat drunk, so I'm a write-in. That is a good way to open a question. Uh, okay, so, I just got my Transformers Legends Big Powered 3-pack, and yeah, it's jank, but it's also cool as Ido-11. I, I don't want to make poor army of peace dead one of those in right now. Uh, and the Japanese G1 designs are great. I'm going to reorganize my shelf to put as many Japanese figures as possible now. So I want to know, what are some of your favorite Japanese originating ideas? I wanted to say exclusive, but then I don't know if Star Saber would count. Basically, anyone who was in Headmasters, Master Force, Victory Zone, or any of the Beast Wars sequels that aren't Beast Machines. So what's, what's some of our favorite stuff from what I would call... Um, early aughts Japanese exclusive. The stuff that we'd go to BotCon hoping to find, which has since permeated out uh, a whole lot more. We yeah. uh, we just got Voyager Lyo Convoy now. But before then, like, uh, what, what are some of our favorites out of there? Um, you know, the next one we need is Big Convoy. I want Because s- he's an elephant. <laughs> I want to see leader class Big Convoy just to see what modern... I want to know what modern Transformers design and engineering would do for yeah. Big Convoy. Like, what are your decisions? I, he like, still he still has to have that like whole length of the elephant gun, just yeah, for no good reason other than I guess that's the gimmick for this line is that they all can also turn into weapon or have obscenely sized weapons. A giraffe becomes some sort of giant grabber cloth. You know that sort of 
that sort of insanity um or just just turn the goofiness that is transforming robots with a cartoon show up past 11 to 12 mm. yeah I, I i'm just really for big convoy i want to know what do you do when you want big convoy to not be what the big convoy toy is but still look like it <laughs> like <laughs> like what, Ly- what legacy evolution lyo convoy does where it's like Lyo Convoy, classically, what a cool character who always sucks to transform every time they try to do a new one. And then they just crack the code on him somehow with this new one. And I'm mm-hmm. like, maybe you could not to say, because I think Big Convoy is one of the least offenders for the old, the, the shell Beast Wars Neo, you know, joke. But still. Are, are you going. sure? Well, okay. Are you sure? You can, you can, you can build that mammoth without the robot. You know <laughs> I, that, right? Yeah, but mm. the in-hand experience, the in-hand experience though is of those ones. I still think he's one of the the less like he's one of the ones you can still transform without having to like sit there and glare at it, uh, as opposed to a mock kick or a break. Uh, where you, like mock kick, you have to remember how to twist parts and break. You have to remember how he how the little guy folds up into a little a little pouch to fit inside the belly of that penguin. Um, it's like big convoy. I think you have more to work with because he is technically unfurling and opening his arms, right? Like there's something is happening that is definable in chunks, even though there's like panels and panels of mammoth flapping around while you do it. Uh, so I, I, w- I would like to see big convoy as well. So, um, TJ, what about you? What's what's someone that uh, that you you just are into? You're you're down with from from the Japanese end of of uh, G one through Beast Wars. And I guess someone will yell if I don't say who isn't Star Saber because that's sort of become this thing that we do now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I've got, I've got, I've got the Star Saber. What do I, what do I need anything else for? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's Japanese originating ideas, not necessarily like this is what I want, but like, oh well, they figured this out. This is cool. Yeah. Um, I had. Mm, I had two thoughts come to mind for this one. Uh, I'll, I'll put one in my back pocket, and I will say, figuring out how to get a transforming snake to work. Yeah, mm. we were just yeah, they've done it a couple times. Yeah, we've yelled about that recently. Well, beast, too. beast machine, beast machine, beast machines had its thing, but like, I really like Corada. Like, mm-hmm. there's just yeah, there's just something something about like, okay, it's a it's an actual cobra, it's a transforming cobra, and then it's just. Uh, poncho robot with whip arm and gun hand. Like, okay, all right, all right. I'm I'm like way into that. I love the novelty. Like, there's something to Beast Wars Neo where, like, okay, the shell forming gets on my nerves because they way were they're way too into their shell forming at that period. But I love the audacity of like we're going to make a transforming giraffe. We're gonna make a transforming yeah. snake. Just to prove we can do it. Even the does horse. it make sense to have a peng? Yeah, yeah, even yeah, even mm-hmm. mock kick. Like, does it make sense to have a penguin on the battlefield? No, but we're gonna make a toy of it. Yeah, or like we're gonna have a horse who isn't a man standing up, so he'll actually kind of resemble a horse when he's a horse. And then and then seeing the the the, the design process, like, oh, we need to crisscross those legs and twist them pretzel style, and make ABS plastic happy doing that with a peg in the middle. And it's, it's like, that's kind of amazing that you figured this out <laughs> to some degree. <laughs> um, I, I think my answer to this is actually just, it's kind of just Lyokaiser. Uh, 
and not nostalgically, but but as the years go on, Lyle Kaiser is just a concept, a design concept, and a character concept that just works super darn well. It's a, a killer team of of six slash seven Decepticons uh, who all have a they all have a simple transformation, simple alt modes, a simple gimmick that makes them a standalone transformer with a partner piece that turns into a weapon, turns into a breastplate, and then they all happen to combine, and it's like just this wonderful little package and then they combine into Lyo Kaiser who doesn't quite combine the same way as other bespoke uh, six part combiners like Raiden or uh, Devastator like it's something unique to it um, and then a lot of the parts are built in for the first time and then that carries through to just being a strong character model like Lyo Kaiser just hits notes all over the place um, and, and is still my favorite uh, standout thing from uh uh, Japanese originating Transformers ideas. Um, it's almost like an evolution of the Devastator idea with the late 80s gimmicks rolled into it. Um, I'm, a, I'm a fan. Uh, also, I'm a fan of people just like... I'm a fan of getting drunk and then just doing a listener question where you're just like, you know what? Transformers Legends Big Power 3-pack? It's freaking cool! Because you know, I feel the same way. Uh, I've, I've dogged on that three pack a little bit, but also I love it. I love Diatlas and his weird lack of shins or not shin, no, his weird lack of calves and his double wide shins to try to just cover that. There are no calves <laughs> behind them. It's the big weird guy. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a good energy on a listener question. Um, so that, uh, that takes us to one that we got here from Kevin Sig. Uh, who is saying, this is an odd line of thinking, but recently my mind started making a connection between fidget toys and Transformers. Both are things that people manipulate and mess around with. I will just quickly cut in to say, that that is not an odd line of thinking, that is a wholesale logical line of thinking. Because that that is, the word fidget has been used to describe the way that, that some folks enjoy Transformers for decades. Uh, before the, the modern fidget toy became part of the, the lexicon. So it's absolutely natural connection to make. Uh, Kevin goes on to say, I personally like the fidgets that can do more than just one thing go, uh, going on and have a neat look to them, which is very similar to my feelings on Transformers. So I'm curious, what's the team's take? Does anyone have similar feelings? Please note, I don't actually own any fidgets yet, uh, but I will, uh, while looking for gift ideas, got the notion while looking at what's available. Uh, just to clarify, I mean the type that has buttons, switches, and interactive bits, not just the spinner. Yeah, I got a I got a fidget cube as a gift at one point that had like a, a little clicky side and like a, a fake bubble um, packing bubble pop side and like a neat little idea, a neat little thing. But Transformers absolutely fit that bill, especially if you're as tactile oriented mm-hmm. as I am. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, it's an open conversation really. But yeah, I, I mean, I I would absolutely back up this idea. Like that's that's what yeah. justifies some MicroMasters to me is that. I can fold them twice and now they're a car and they sit on my desk and I do that sometimes just for fun. Like I got not to spoil a future what we got, but I got that uh, like the the gravity action or whatever it was, wheeljack. Yeah. Where you just like knock him over and he transforms and he like transforms back into a robot kinda like a, one of those Balasong knives. You just kinda like yeah. pick him up and twist his leg a little bit and he clips back together. That is totally a fidget toy. Or, you know, Transformer for a two-year-old. But it's totally a fidget toy, something you can just sit there and, and like, do without thinking. You know, even, you know, Deluxes or or, or, or um, Legends, like, 
some of those still need a little bit of, of worker manipulation, but now nah, that thing I could just I had to remove it from my desk because I was sitting there just like <laughs> doing that too much just with the idle hand and look over it and it's like something out of Evil Dead where my hand's just like doing its own thing. I'm like, what are you doing? No, you need to stop that because it's making noise in the middle of this phone call. Okay. I was doing that <laughs> with one of like the uh, with one of the early Switchblade one-step changers. I think it might have been a drift or something, but I remember doing that for months. Mm-hmm. Uh, that and one of the, the old gravity-bought paperweight Transformers from Revenge of the Fallen. Um, the ones where they had, like, mm-hmm. the weight inside. Uh, one-step, like, yeah. modern one-step Transformers in general tend to fit that bill, I think, really well. Like, I got one-step Repugnus from Cyberverse. Uh, boy, that thing is just fun. Because you just fold him open and he's a robot. And you fold him closed and he's a Repugnus. Because all the parts are just interjointed the right way. It's it's so fun. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, something I have had on my desk for a while now, and I, I pick it up and goof with it more than most Transformers that have lived on the desk at some point. And it's the classic Hero Team's Primal, like the the Rescue Bot replacement. Hmm, yeah, yeah. Because literally just, you, you flex his arms, gorilla, flex him back, robot. You know, it's just, it's a satisfying motion to watch. Yeah, well, the the satisfaction end is something I sometimes, like, think about. Like, I, I like, and not not like, a, you know, we gotta think critically, but it, I hope it's become clear over the years. Like, I, I have fun thinking about, like, why certain things with toys and Transformers, like, activate certain parts of the brain, and there, that satisfaction specifically, that is, like, when you know when you when you say it, you know what you mean, what it means. Like it's not just satisfying. Oh, I turn him into a robot. It's like those motions, like what you're talking about, with the arm flex, where like just doing the thing makes you go like, "Hot damn! This is a transforming toy." It and it did the thing. Like hell yeah! Like that specific thing. I I always wonder sometimes like how connected that is to just like whatever in the brain gets that positive stimulation out of, like, a fidget cube or, like, a spinner or anything like that. Uh, I say this as someone who knows nothing about the science of it, but, like, I assume it has to do with certain chemical connections in the brain and certain parts of the brain firing, you know, certain positive uh, things off just from a, a physical tactile action. And then, like, I always, I wonder, like, you know, what is the, what is that, the one-step thing, the arm flex, the satisfying moment, where in the brain does that lie versus, like, uh, I just transformed a really good deluxe or Voyager and it was, like, a minute, but I feel so good afterwards. Uh, Legacy G-Axis is one of those for me, uh, where, like, it's like a prolonged multi, multi-hit version of that kind of thing. Like, if we were to get into weed talk, I guess, it would be like having a good joint versus going through, like, a giant 20-stage water piece or something. And I'm, I'm just trying to think of, like, analogs for this stuff because I think it's really interesting, like, when you get that good brain hit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that, that candy feeling. Like, you just ate a good cookie. Uh, but it's a Transformer and you didn't eat it. I mean... I mean, you're, you're still, from you're, a state you're, you're, that you're, has legalized states all around them, I cannot make comment upon. Oh, the yeah, sorry, I, for, I forgot. You're, 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 you're either way, <laughs> either way, you're talking about a you're talking about a hit of dopamine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and and the thing is, so like all of that is going to trigger different things, and and you know when you look at at I'm, I'm not going to claim I am an expert, but I, I have uh, looked into it um, due to some family members recently having 
diagnoses along the like neurodivergent axes mm-hmm. and like basically the way that their brains are wired is just entirely different than ours so you know somebody that needs a fidget cube you know in class you know where some people would say oh that's distracting there's no way they can do that no they need somewhere for that like you know their 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 mind wants their body to be doing something in order to be able to be actively doing something so by burning it off on like a fidget cube let's let's that part of the brain do its own thing while the i've got to pay attention to history class part of the brain can be activated and mm-hmm. you know seeing some of the stuff that's out and around about that makes me more like interested in the way that just like we are we are just like cube blobby cubes or you know spheres inside of a skeletal meat exosuit and the way that everybody's runs differently because you know you know the general adhd meds are related to meth and like in a person that doesn't need them it makes them hyperactive, but for a person that does need them, it slots in those chemoreceptors the right way, and it makes their brain act more like a neurotypical person's brain. Mm-hmm. So that's always when I find when I find those overlaps very interesting, and then tried to be a whole lot better about you know in public when you see somebody with something goofy, you know. The old Aaron might have said, "Oh, what the heck! That guy can't even pay attention." And I was like, "Nah, he's doing what he can do to do what he can do." So, move along, jerk. Also, hell yeah, it's a personal growth because I'm a big proponent for that. Uh, I, I I like I like anecdotes like that. You know, like no, recognizing mm-hmm. you know how, what past behavior would have been and like what better modern behavior that you've developed is. Uh, also with, with that other, with, with like the notion of the way the brain works, it's part of why I, I always want to f- try to figure out, uh, language for, and this is going, getting very shallow, just even about transforming toys, even trying to figure out like, what's the language of what is firing off our dopamine hits? Because there's always, cause it's, it's a bit of a shallow pool. There's a lot of shared experience that I find is always hard to like put into just the right words. Like TJ, the thing the thing about that arm motion on the rescue primal, like just g- doing that thing where you're like, oh, that is mm. like I kind of know what you mean, and I'm like, I wish there was more language, uh, kind kind of akin, I guess, to like I don't know, like foodie language almost, but maybe a little bit less obnoxious at times, of of just like figuring out like how do you describe some of those commonly shared uh tactile it's, dopamine hits it's weird it's almost the fe- like i almost feel like it's the same like it almost feels like the same sector of my brain that gets hit when you watch those like uh like here's a super satisfying video like like watching oh, yeah. power washing or something mm-hmm. like there's just something that like makes my brain go oh Oh, that's nice to look at. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's somewhere in that realm. I don't. I, you're right. Like, the, like the verbiage doesn't exist to nail it. Because the science, the science absolutely exists, at least as, uh, academically. Because that stuff is so common, right? Like, it, it's a known thing. But like, I wish that on like our more layperson 
hobbyist level, like there was more language that was common about like, even just like these tactile toy experiences. Cause like one thing I really like about transforming toys when it comes to these dopamine hits is that they're, they're not infinitely, they are nigh infinitely recyclable because my one step repugnance until the plastic gives out, obviously, uh, I can just keep doing the one thing he does and more often than not, even if it's small, it gives me that little hit of like, ah, oh, yeah, there he is. There's robot. There's a little bug guy. Ah, there he is. Like that in, in such a satisfying motion. I'm like, ah, oh, that's nice. Or the, the Balasong knife one step transformation however it's evolved with the latest wheeljack one step is like, like I said, I was playing with that, with my butterfly knife car for months, if not actual years of it living on my desk and occasionally just going like time to pop him open. Ah, oh, that was nice. Uh, and it's, it's a, it's a recyclable experience that is just on hand and it's not electronic. It's not consumable, um, in the short term. It is just, it's right there. It's a physical object and it makes it happen. Uh, and I, I, I love that side of Transformers. That's kind of, this question kind of clicked for me when I, when I pasted it in, uh, into the list ages ago, like just thinking about that, that whole side of it and how I think there's a way we could have even cooler conversations about it. If we just connect someone who is in the neurosciences academically with people who are way the damn hell into transforming robot toys and like having eventually finding the person who's in both those places and wants to write some thoughts down or, or do some interviews to get, you know, stuff to, to write a, you know, a, a casual paper. I don't know how else to put it. Not like a, a, a dissertation, but like just a fun thing. Uh, I think it'd be really, really interesting for the collecting community uh who cares about that kind of stuff uh if anyone who hears this knows any, any more about this stuff by the way i'm all ears like i find this stuff really fascinating and like aaron obviously like you're looking into it for also uh family family purposes but if you if you ever find any mm -hmm. any of that kind of language stuff like that's the kind of thing i would love to see just propagated to the community like just ideas not even telling people like, you got to say it this way this way but like consider that like you know for folks who like this kind of specific tactile stimuli like this this and this like think about it because it might connect to something for someone i, I think it's really cool <laughs> if that hasn't shown uh anyway any other thoughts about that stuff i i i, <laughs> I could talk about these kind of things for ages uh because if not um do we want to do i got one more listener question we could do that since we we got through the initial list uh sure want to pop through one more of these uh, oh, that's the wrong thing. Uh, sometimes I forget that the TFW 2005 interface, if I click on inbox, but I happen to have moved the mouse down slightly and I just go into a thread, uh, I miss a question when I do that. Uh, so this one comes to us from, ah, Dr. Professor Mikey Paleontology V4, uh, G Wolf V3 on some social medias, uh, Irish Paleo on some social medias. This is a, a Mikey from the, the Moonbase 2 podcast. Uh, who uh, I, there is a, a podcast up that we recorded in the, in the past few months about uh, being adults who are into uh, basically like, you know, children's media, children's toys, quote unquote. And it was a fun conversation. Please check it out if you're interested in that stuff. Um, this question is how do you feel about current Transformers pricing? 
While all toy lines have seen an increase in price in recent years, Transformers seems to have seen a bit of a wild transition that really makes me think if uh, think on if collecting mainline figures is value for money. This comes from a an EU perspective, of course, European perspective. Uh, perspective uh but still prices can vary wildly between waves or lines i now really find myself scrutinizing prices and figures to an extreme degree it's especially bad with studio series where figures are artificially inflated in price studio series voyagers costing 10 euro more than generations uh which became a big issue for studio series 86 which was so clearly made to complement and complete generations i.e figures generally weren't a higher quality but they're hugely more expensive uh, in that marketplace the prices now mean I tend to go to things like Flame Toys or other kits first because, while they are more expensive uh, for the amount of time spent with them, guaranteed hours or days, I think it's a better value for money. Uh, I spend more at once, but much less often. I'm feeling uh, priced out of mainline collecting. What are your thoughts? And also, Merry Christmas. Uh, this was actually sent uh, one day before Christmas Eve, so that was a little that was a little ahead of, a little get ahead of yourself there, uh, Mikey, but I appreciate it. Um, I just want to throw in one thing that uh, was pointed out recently on Twitter, which was uh, that Transformers... One reason why this really sticks out for Transformers is that Transformers... uh, I think TFU Info had shared this. Transformers held a price point on some of its mainline price points for 15 years before there was an increase. Uh, Yeah, I I remember... I'm pretty sure we were recording... And and dealing with some people sending in a lot of messages about, bah, can you believe it? Deluxes yeah. are $15 now. What the heck? Price of oil didn't go up that much. And you say, well, if you look back to the first release in Beast Wars, this price point was $9. So it's held for a while. Yeah. And and didn't have like a, you know, they didn't do any of the shrinkflation stuff or anything like that. So... Um, yeah, it held for a yeah. while, and then uh, obviously what what I would also say, you know, to, to kind of hit the other side of the coin is it went up a bit, but then that curve really became a curve to, like, to the point where it has affected marketing's ability to do their job, I think. Uh, perhaps even Halfway's alluded to mm-hmm. at one point in, in a stream or Q&A where it's like, we, we have a, a price spike across the board with Marvel, Marvel Legends, Transformers, everything. And also we are trying to do a promotion for like Titan Cybertron Metroplex, whose price point just went up when we are trying to do promotion for it. It's very hard to promote this thing when it's like visibly more expensive than uh, Black Zarak, who just came out a few months prior. Um, so that that is an interesting thing, though, that is always worth remembering is like, as bad as it starts to feel right now, Transformers somehow also held for a while. Uh, and, and I always wonder if there is like a mm-hmm. rubber band effect. of. I don't think there is because I think at the end of the day, it's also it's one of our chief franchises. And Hasbro on an investor call recently had talked about how they want to even more heavily monetize, you know, Dungeons and Dragons. I've seen on Twitter someone point out how they've noticed that the 80s cartoon cast is appearing more and more in like storybooks and whatnot and on on stuff that kids can see because... It's kind of like Hasbro realizing we've we've made an evergreen, marketable Dungeons and Dragons cast already that we own now from the '80s cartoon. Why don't we just use them more? Here's some figures. Here's the storybooks. Blah blah blah. Uh, but I think that also is obviously going to be a big part of the price increase stuff too. It's like Hasbro is an American corporation that wants its line to go up in perpetuity, uh, you know, which is impossible at a certain point, and thus you have to start looking at it as a corporate entity versus a maker of fun things because uh, they they want it to go up in perpetuity. Even if money 
doesn't get made enough to go up in perpetuity. It must keep going up. Um, so I, I think it's really valid to feel priced out of Transformers now. I used to say, like, oh, just pick and choose. But, like, now even picking and choosing can be difficult with, with the state of distribution and, the unfortunately, the way that the global shipping crisis slammed face first into the backside of the COVID-19 manufacturing crisis. It can be risky, quote-unquote, to let something go when you see it because you got to wait and you want to wait and hear about it. Because what if you only see it the one time, <laughs> like ever on a shelf? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And and the only other solution is oh, just pre-order everything. But then it's like okay, so now I'm going completionist in an environment where it is financially far more difficult to do so than five years ago. Uh, and that's a mindset that I've been trying to say on a lot of platforms that we need to train ourselves out of. It's it's not as possible to be a mold completionist for Transformers anymore, even in just one main line, because uh, it's still four to five waves of toys with rising costs. Uh, it's it's not realistic for a lot of uh, c- collectors who do not have like a super stable career and lifestyle already going on, uh, which is a hard thing to say after some years of that being able to still fit in hobby stuff like this. Like in general, hobbies are an expense now more than I think they ever have been. And it's hard to adjust from what the 2010s were, even though we're like, you know, three years into the 2020s. Um, so yeah, good topic. And it's really worth talking about. Uh, so Aaron, like what are you, what are some of your thoughts on this? Like, I want to just bounce this around a bit. I, it's uh, it's going to yeah, be a topic. For so, a while. you know, I, I, I really feel like, do I wish the prices went up? No, I wish they stayed the same. It could still yeah. be ten dollars. I'd be happy. Um, but really, at a certain point, you know, I I feel like it's a thing that is definitely something to be aware of, like on a personal level, you know, because I used to buy <laughs> everything, and I don't so much anymore. Um, I still buy a lot, and I could be better about it, but. You know, it's it, I, I think that one of the things that we've gotten into is, you know, give Michael Bray your your distaste or your adulations. But like the series becoming a movie franchise that did very well for his first couple of outings at the very least made it clear that, hey, we can do more than like what we were doing, you know, you see such a, 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 a quality increase, you know, where now it's, it's set that everything should have, you know, the certain level of, of articulation for the price point. Yeah. Just period. And it's weird when something like doesn't have a waist joint, even though it's very clear that, hey, the way the transformation works, it had never happened. That when you watch a reviewer, it's like, oh, yeah, he does all of this stuff. He can do the, the you know, for, for your term, he can do a beyond Van Damme splits, but <laughs> mm, his waist t- turn is only 43 degrees before it clips into the back of it. And that's that That's losing points on the posability thing. And then, you you know, you go and you look at something from, you know, Armada, or Energon, that because of the way that the gimmick, like everything had to be a part of whatever gimmick and it was hard baked in, sometimes you'd have posability that like was almost G1 levels of posability. 
and not like the Optimus Prime who was oddly posable, but more like some of the other things that were like, I don't know, you stand the car on the end, you pull it in half, and you pl- flip arms out that they can kind of go forward and backwards because they have to to fit back into the car. Mm. What, you want something more? You know? So, you know, I'm, I've got a couple of deluxes here on my desk right now, and, you know, Needle Nose, he's got excellent articulation and he does a couple of tricks and all of his joints are buttery smooth and at twenty dollars it's not a bad deal you know even you know if it crept to you know maybe 25 a deluxe as long as they're at like this level that still feels like a pretty good deal and especially comparing it back to you know earlier lines and how they were and that this sort of thing is a lot more consistent than you know, back to what I was saying early on with Bendy Prime, how how he had mm. levels of posability that were unseen before in toy lines, and that got us excited. And you know, if that was the that's kind of the comparison of him of you know everything that's coming out of Deluxe now is at least as Bendy as Bendy Prime was. So yeah, that uh, the toy playability quality, in my opinion, has risen or continues to rise or as at least has a new like base level floor for where you expect them to be compared to how things were 10 years ago you know i i i i wish they were cheaper sure yeah there there is but i can at least see where that value lives there is a common thing I do also see come up, which I sometimes forget about, but I also absolutely agree with, because I felt that way at the time. Uh, one of the price increases did come with Siege, but also Siege brought with it this really marked, visible production level rise to basically be like, this is like a Takara Tomy import deluxe now. Uh, with the, the level of paint apps mm-hmm. and everything. And that is something that, yeah. that has stuck with a lot of people, which is that as the price continues going up, a lot of folks are kind of going, sitting there going like, well, what about that hit that we felt when Siege brought something tangible with that increase as well? And that that, that tangible gain for paying more feels like... there, like It's not even that it's, it's there, but there isn't even something that claims to be it each time. Uh, which I can't disagree with when I hear that, that crit. Uh, TJ, yeah, you go yeah, yeah, for mm-hmm. first... Yeah, for Siege, for Siege, what it really like hit home was like, okay, the the price has gone up, but they're actually adding something in to compensate. Was the fact that we have not seen a ball joint in the main line for collectors in years. Like we have to go down to like the core class in order to see ball joints. Everything has been universal joints or uh, like swivel and hinge combinations ever since. I, I really appreciate like that like that's the one like caveat of like yeah the price has gone up but hey take a look it's a lot more solid than it used to be like even mm-hmm. if it's cut a corner somewhere else like where it matters yeah. to me on a transformer has actually improved mm-hmm. the back of his calves aren't filled in fail <laughs> yeah the um actually it's a ju- that's, I, it's, that's 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 a joke that's their places I, where that's fine i had, oh, I had someone I freak out I, I can't even i can't even remember the toy but someone i saw freak out because the hands were hollow and i'm like when are you gonna look inside the hands yeah like, the, how often uh, do you keep the hands open to do that this is kind of going off something Aaron mentioned earlier as well about about the kind of rising floor on on expectation is that i um and this this goes into 
this is a parallel to what I was talking about, about how we need to kind of change our collecting habit mindset with the rising price of everything in general, uh, is that as clearly, like, I, I harp about it, and it is to, it's, it's, it is used as an excuse in certain angles, absolutely. I, I don't want to ever say, like, oh, this is objectively why this is happening, but the last three years uh, are responsible for a lot of change uh, sharply in the realm of stuff for our enjoyment uh, that I think a lot of us, and myself included at times, still have trouble deprogramming out of living through the 2010s um, where you, you could expect like, oh, you know, if I wait enough, I might be able to catch like an entire wave of deluxes on sale at Walmart for like uh, 15, 20 bucks for like four of them um, or, you know, to expect that almost um, or to, uh, in, in terms of like what you want out of a toy, it's like, oh, why is this part hollow back here? Why? I remember five years ago, these things would be built like tanks or something like that. And it's like, those criticisms are not inherently invalid, but like a lot of them all come with what has gone down in the last three years on the cascading back of just the general glass house of mass produced, um, uh, enjoyment items, not just toys. Uh, and, and how a lot of that stuff is still built on the idea of what the world was like in the early mid 2010s. Uh, and, and mm -hmm. that a lot of that stuff is good. It's going to shift the, the shift is going to prevent the corporation's line from going up. So the makers of this stuff have actively tried to prevent the shift as much as possible, trickle in price increases here and there while also wanting to maximize profit on, on entities and IPs owned. It all is a, a storm of faces slapping together that is a, it's a lot to take in, I think, if you haven't thought about it that much, and it's fine. I didn't think about it that much until until the shipping crisis hit, and I, and I really kind of sat there, and I you know happened to be able to read a lot of smaller, mid-level board game companies talk about this stuff really openly. Uh, but this all is, is, is uh, stuff that informs how... Not only we need to to critique and take in these things that we enjoy, but like our our reasonable expectations for how we engage with them, and either redefining uh, or and or de digging in and discovering what we like about them, or unfortunately, yeah, like making some really hard decisions about what can still you know fit into your life. But like that's also why I'm such a proponent of like figuring out like what do you like about a transformer other than buying it and owning it. Like there's got to be more there eventually. Uh, some folks are going to be f totally set, you know, they have a good career, it is solid, they've got a good life going on, and they can afford to just, you know, dump uh, a couple hundred every month into it, because they can, but like, uh, for a while, dumping, not a couple hundred, but dumping into it and getting most of it to engage with was more possible some years ago, and it just ain't now, and that informs not just buying habits, but the, the critiques, I think, even, of, of some of these things. And yeah, it's it's a hard conversation to have without leaning into kind of very pre-made statements that, that lead the conversation into vaguer places that I find kind of frustrating, but like getting into a more shallow pool, just thinking about your transformers, even uh, it's, it's really worth thinking about this stuff um, just realistically and not in a doomsday way. Just, just consider all the angles yeah, and don't think that like, you know, every single thing that is an excuse for it is, is, an excuse uh it can be both things the rising oil costs the shipping catastrophe uh covid manufacturing impacts those are all real 
and also may be presented uh, as as one time. Oh, we got to deal with this thing. We, the corporation, say oh, we got to deal with this and weather it together, everyone, this one time. And then when they say it like the fourth time, absolutely, like squint a little bit, uh, point at, at what else that large entity owns. But like, uh, it's it's it. There's so much frustration that I hear in our fandom, in just my circles with growing intensity uh, over the course of, of these three years uh, that uh, I hope more people are having these kind of conversations, like just laying out stuff uh, flatly like this, like, you know, how do you, I think it's good that we all dug in a little bit and shared the really weird ultraviolet reactions that white plastic is and gray plastic are having right now in transformers because it is helping the design team act upon it. But sometimes that stuff will then balloon into this sort of cartoonish, like, you know, what are we even paying for thing? And it's like, you're right. But also we can trace a line to how this happened. And if we're going to start yelling at the corporation as a customer, there are more important things to yell about, uh, than just this freak common UV reaction that is now less freak and more like, Oh boy, I hope they stop making any transformers who are white. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, that's a little, little bit of a rambly thing there in the end, but like, it, I think, I think a lot about this cause I think it's going to, it's going to shape what, uh, at least in our fandom, if not others, like what the community tone is like for a while. And like, what is, what is at the end constructive and fun conversation. Cause at the end of the day, that is what we're all here for in a hobby, right? Like we gotta, we gotta be able to have it be enjoyable at the end of the day, or it's going to, it's going to be like hate watching, right? It ends up damaging you more than it, than it gives you laughs. Uh, anyway, I'm getting all vague and a little bit scatterbrained. So um, do anyone else, any, uh, do you guys want to like throw in anything else about this? Uh, we're probably going to come to this topic again at some point because <laughs> it's, such an omnipresent thing, but, uh, Aaron, would, would you, do you, do you think you could ever, uh, ever take on the role of the full heel and just go like, no, in fact, they should be more expensive. <laughs> I, I mean, there's probably things about it that should be more expensive. Um, I mean, there've been plenty of times where it's like, Hey, you know, imagine if, whatever thing had you know those additional 15 paint apps that you're complaining that it doesn't have you know (laughs) that's is that worth the five dollars because sometimes that's what you got to look at i got a i got a actually quick idea i got a quick idea bouncing off that because obviously like you know upgrade gap filler sets and upgrade sets are a common thing now like do you think there's ever a time where uh, Hasbro Corporation sees it as a feasible thing to do to have smaller run, possibly make-to-order run, gap filler upgrade sets, possibly done on their in-house 3D printers on like a super small bespoke scale and priced accordingly? See, I don't think even... I don't think Hasbro would look at something that small of scale. Hmm. Just because... You know, the issue with 3D printing is that it's a lot easier for something to just fail. You know, even a well-calibrated 3D printer sometimes will just, it'll cough mid, you know, filament extrusion and it'll, like, bung up the print. 
So yeah. you've got a lot more manual work of stuff going on in order to make it work. So you know, any anything that you're you're three D printing is not going to be something that's done necessarily at scale. And that's what would be needed in order to like release a thing. Yeah, especially with so like I could parts. see Hasbro, I could see Hasbro saying like, okay, we know that you know Dezorus is coming out. Maybe if at the same time, you know, if they were really serious about it, they could, you know, while we have these specific plastic colors in play, and we know what that mix is going to be. We have some of the dead space on those sprues kicks out screw fillers, you know, things that are that size mm. because we know that size. And we're since we're doing it now, we can do it now and keep those tolerances the same, you know. Yeah. Unfortunately, 3D printers are great. 3D printers are magical for some applications um, for like anything Still, I feel like there's none of them, no 3D printers that I've seen that for anything commercial, unless it's very high cost, low volume, would you want to do? Yeah, I'm watching a a tabletop company, actually, Privateer Press, is moving into um, um, domestic 3D printing for production of the War Machine model line now, Uh, and I'm like, I'm like... I'm happy someone's doing it first, I guess, but this seems like you are taking on a colossal risk doing this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like one of one of my side screen YouTube um rabbit holes has been a lot of wargaming miniatures in printing. Mm-hmm. Warhammer forty K primarily is the focus because it's the meme or whatever. Yeah. But even seeing things that are in that in that field, you okay, well, you know, Games Workshop has a very strict no 3D printing policy to the point where there was uh I guess there was some hubbub about somebody that had 3D printed accessories in order to make their chapter and somebody at a official tournament took umbrage to that that they had the like they had the marines and then they just printed little things to go on the shoulder pads and that was enough to like dq them out of the thing yeah, i make the, i think I that's make, the wrong I way to go the, with it i make the hand jerking off motion at the act people who actually call yeah. the rules person on that <laughs> yeah uh, yeah put three different paint colors on it and play your plastic mint um but seeing there there's one or two of them that specifically deal with like printing and you know resin printing is generally the way to go for those miniatures because it it the the way that resin printers work is generally better than deposited than than like your your traditional you know you're feeding you know the extruder printers the ABS plastic into an extruder printer yeah um but even then it's fraught with like hey you have to be very careful about your design or how you stage it so that it has all the supports that it needs for the resin printing, because if you don't, then anything that like, you know, you know, Oh, you've got a wizard and he's got a big wizard's beard. Well, that beard either has to like very decidedly connect back down to his robes. So you can't have like it be something crazy or else you have to find any point. That's a low point, you know, whatever that lowest point is, then you have to build all the support structure up to it. And 
then okay, you've done that. You've made that print. You get it so it prints perfectly. Now you got to go in and hopefully you designed all of your structure so that it's easy to pop off. But now you got to go in and manually trim it up, or you got to go and do this process or that process, yeah. and that adds and, a whole lot more processes and versus clean it. You design and... it so it can be, <laughs> yeah. Or you design something to be injection molded so that it's just like relatively planar in some dimension or, you know, even even with, you know, resin printers or FDM printers, you'll have, you know, you you want the arms on a different sprue so you can choose how you pose them. If you wanted to be low and holding a gun or if you wanted to be like yeah. firing into the air or whatever. So those are going to be separate pieces anyway. So you, you design it so you can just, you know injection mold print it and you can just go boom boom there was actually boom, a there was a boom you're making minis versus a, oh hold on this print will be done in seven hours there was a very very spooky for a moment thing with the first run privateer press did of their war machine army boxes uh for a con mm-hmm. they were at where people opened them and said there is a film on the pieces and people who you know in that in that hobby space know 3D printing so they were like is this resin residue uncured on the pieces did i just toxify my skin or what's going on? it proved to not be non-toxic uh residue of some kind it wasn't like uncured resin but like it was super spooky and i was like yeah this seems like an unforeseen potential thing if you half bake a run of prints and and don't notice somehow uh, also, this, this whole thing just tells me, end of the day, the priority that serves every master, corporate and otherwise, for Hasbro, is um, be a bit humble, uh, let the line not go up so high, and put some focus into uh, uh, some kind of warehousing and logistics for parts replacement, so you can set up an infrastructure to replace parts on things, and that opens the world up in the very long-run future of, like, if you do do some in-house small bespoke things... You're able to react to the larger amount of parts that could come out wrong. Uh, with the stuff you already make, you're able to react to a manufacturing problem without it being a, something that is a cascading problem. Like, and this is not even just Transformers. Like, look at how people talk about Power Rangers Lightning Collection right now, uh, and uh, you know, the, and the windowless boxes on six-inch figures. Like, that's I said this before, but I, I still think it behooves everyone for them to to take a bit of a hit and establish better warehousing and logistics for parts replacement. It's a big thing to set up. It's not a just, I should say. But, like, I think it's like a, a you know, poop or get off the pot kind of moment for a large toy company like that. Like, right now, it's a little bit untenable just hoping that things work out and then going, like, we'll send you a thing of the same cost if you really want it. Like, if it goes wrong. Like, uh... Anyway, uh, that's about it for this episode. Um, Aaron, thanks for coming on. Uh, any Always. any other amazing stuff going on over yonder you want to <laughs> you want to share? Uh, Not really. Alrighty. Army picked the wrong Blackhawk replacement helicopter. That means I no longer get overtime, so I can't come to TFCon. That sucks. But that'll be long, long, long past by the time this one actually makes who, its way out. Who can I abuse? <laughs> to get you some retribution. Who can I bully on Twitter to? <laughs> uh, I, in spirit, at least. Start making threats to the uh, U.S. Army Twitter account. <laughs> hey, I'm you! I'm sure that won't cause problems for for your for your hopeful trip to the U.S. Hey, USAF nerds! Why'd you get the wrong helicopter? My friend can't do a thing. They'll be like, what is this guy talking about? Uh, 
TJ, thanks for coming on. Anything, anything super, super kooky going on in TJ land you want to want to cap off with here? Um, nothing particular. The toy shop is getting ready to revamp our windows and put up a fresh sign with a brand new logo. And like, my brain still gets this nice that that same dopamine rush, realizing that there's going to yeah. be a toy store with a logo I designed on the top, which is always fun. Double hell yeah! That sounds awesome. Uh, yeah, at the time of this recording, like in TFCon LA, I'm going to be going to, but we're uh, we're still working through the edit backlog. We got we got the we're we are all rooting for each other, much like in Physical 100. Uh, we do not say, "Look at that guy falling behind." Look at that! Look at that podcast falling behind. We say, one, two, three, let's go! Yeah, one, two, three, let's go! Yeah, I I enjoyed that show. Um, so until then, we will talk to you later. Uh. Stay tuned. We uh, we got some toys to talk about, and we got some questions to answer. And uh, take care of yourself out there. Stay stay limber. Keep that brain feeling as good as you can. And uh, consi- consider, be mindful, and enjoy your hobby. Uh, make sure you keep enjoying it. Until then, we will talk to you later. <laughs> It means, but you got some badass perpetrators now here to stay.